How can we make the world better? By making ourselves better. The Dr. Joe Show explores how you can make positive personal change by using his groundbreaking and highly effective I Am approach to understand who we are and why we do what we do. Your small changes can have big effects. Join us now for the Dr. Joe Show with Mark Stiles of Stiles Law and your host, Dr. Joe Schrand. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dr. Joe Show. Very nice. Very nice. You know, um, you don't practice that at home at all, right? Not really? You, you, uh, no. No. I don't. I, and you know what? You don't need to <laughs> because you just do this so naturally. It's effortless. Uh, effortless. Once a week. Yeah. We are now uh, going to talk a little bit about what we're going to talk about a little bit. We are? You like that? I did. Some people might not have liked that. Well. Because it was a tongue-twizzling twister of <laughs> chaos, tongue, it was but a, it came back and made full sense. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Um, so... I got really amped up this week. I mean, I was me, looking forward to Thursday since Monday when we had him scheduled and he was pinned down. And, sir, Mr. McAfee, if, you're if listening, you are listening, I hope you're feeling better. I certainly do. And we are looking forward to catching up with you on February 13th. That's right. From our studio. That's right. So John McAfee is out there, and uh, and I don't mean out there. He's... He's out there someplace, and we were going to interview him. We are ro so looking forward to him coming on our show. So, folks, you know, keep that in mind, February 13th. But we are going to have another guest calling in who has actually interviewed Mr. Yep. McAfee, and we're going to be talking with him about his interview. We were going to talk with him about our interview, but we can't talk about our interview because we don't have that interview unless we're pressed <laughs> in and we can anticipate what we would have talked about. Which we can because I ran it through in my head Did all you? the way through the week. Like, it's, okay, here's how this is going to play uh, out. I visualized his reactions and everything. We're going to talk more about him once we talk with him, but we are going to be having... Uh, Larry from that Larry show, who's been our guest Larry. before, coming in and uh, talking with us. How have you been, Mark? I've been well. As I was mentioning, I was getting really ramped up yeah, for yeah. tonight. Let's go back um, to that. And uh, then we got the email today. So I think it, it actually is going to work out in our benefit. Yeah. Because, um, you know, Thomas wasn't here. Right, exactly. So, like, I went into the area where we were going to film and tape, and I was like, oh, my God. You were getting anxious. There's, well, there's a spider web of wires and... Yep outlets and yep. different things to plug into and memory cards and yep. stuff. And I was like, this is way outside my pay grade. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, so I was kind of psyched. Um, I feel like we were prepared for the interview. Though, absolutely. Uh, you know, I mean, oh, yeah. I have been, I've probably consumed six to 10 hours of different interviews yes. with this guy. And I find him amazingly fascinating. Yeah. Just brilliant brilliant mind yeah so purposeful with his words mm -hmm. so clear and concise with the english language mm -hmm. he's he's very impressive and i'm i'm really looking forward to chatting with him i am too and and hopefully uh february 13th so two weeks from today yep the day before valentine's day that's right uh so uh we will be chatting them but like i said we're going to be getting larry on the show and, and just talking about his experience as well. Yeah, so he things. did it in a two-part series. Yes. So he talked to him, and um, and they broke it into two pieces. And it was pro that was probably the best of class that I listened to. So I listened to uh, – he, he um, talked to Joe Rogan. Yep. 
which was a great interview, which kind of broke everything open uh, on him because, but it was a while ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh my, you know, it's 2020. This was like 2016 with right. Joe Rogan's, and I know a lot has happened. And you know, he's got the documentary that was made about him right. on Showtime now, and he's, uh, you know, he's running for another. I mean, he ran in 2016. Yep, as a libertarian. Um, and he was also on the, was it the, the Dick Show? He was on the Dick Show. Right. Dick interviewed him. There was a couple of others that I listened to. Larry, I think, did the best job I with agree. him. And Larry got <clears throat> him to laugh hysterically. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, hopefully we'll get Larry to, yeah. to tell us about that. But that Larry's was a really, interesting really wonderful to hear. So it's going to be very interesting, a very interesting So we're going to get into dads again with the America's father? We might. We might. I mean, I just um, I just had an article. Uh, was quoted in an article through Huff Post, uh, oh, talking right. about parenting and and yelling and why we shouldn't be yelling at our kids. Um, let me see, remember who that that was just posted today, was. right? It was posted today um, in the Huffington Post. In, in Huffington Post. Nice. And Congratulations. Thank you. And it's Catherine Pearson. So a shout out to Catherine Pearson, who's writing a column on parenting, how to stop yelling at your kids and what to do instead. Uh, because experts say that it truly does not work, and it really doesn't. Yelling at your kids uh, has never really worked, and though a lot of people have been yelled at, and they may say, well, my parents yelled at me and I turned out okay. Well, maybe uh, it didn't. You know? You know how did it feel when we, they were yelling really at you? Want? What do we really want our kids? Do we want our kids... Our kids will be modeling after us. Our kids will imitate a lot of what we do so if we don't want them to be yelling at other people uh probably better not to so here's here's just the tips that i gave uh to uh the huffington post uh remember there are different kinds of yelling some yelling is perfectly fine yelling that is an alarm right don't cross the street Uh, watch out for that don't burn your hand those things, it's a different kind of yelling. You're trying to alert your kid that there's yep. a danger, and it's to be protective. And so there are times where, yes, you really need to get their attention in that way so that they don't hurt themselves. You know, it would be the rarity for a person to uh, say, um, Billy, careful of that car right. and don't cross the right. street. I mean, unless you don't like Billy. So, And, and that really, you know, it's not going to happen. But the other yelling, uh, unfortunately, kids will tune out. More often right. than not, a kid will tune out because the yelling implies that they have less value. It is absolutely in the I am domain, right? So the I am is saying we're all doing the best we can. Let's treat each other with respect. But when you're yelling at someone out of anger, you are really sending a message that they're not doing the best they can, that there's something wrong, they should be doing better, what's to, what's wrong with them. And so any human being will do what human beings do because we want to feel valued, we will begin shutting down. Because I, would, I don't want to feel that I'm being less valued, especially by someone uh, as important as my parent. I want my parent to see me a certain way. So here's one of the suggestions that you can do as a parent. Remember... Anger is an emotion designed to change things. We get angry when we want somebody to do something different, start doing something or stop doing something, and it is a limbic response. There's nothing wrong with anger. It's what you do with it that's important. Right behind your forehead is your thinking part of your brain, your prefrontal cortex. 
responsible for thinking, solving problems, anticipating how to make that solution, executing that plan, and beginning to predict what will happen next. So here's a small suggestion. You're going to get angry with your kid. It's normal. It's fine. It's what you do with it. Take a breath and literally put your hand on your forehead, even if just for a second, just to remind yourself that you want to start being reflective and not reflexive, that you want to start thinking. How many times have you done something impulsively, limbically, and slapped your forehead as if you're trying to jumpstart your prefrontal cortex, right? So let's be reflective and not reflexive. Yelling at your kid is not going to work. You're going to feel angry. That's normal. It's what you do with it. Larry, are you there? Hear your voice again. Ah, it's good to hear your voice again, Larry, of That Larry Show. How are you, Dr. Joe? I'm doing great. And Tom, are you great. there too? Negative on the Tom. He's muted at the moment. Tom's muted. Uh. Uh, well, anyway, we got Larry here. I don't want to say that's more important, but... Larry. <laughs> Larry. Love your show. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, uh, listen, part of, part of why we invited you back was not just because you're an incredible guest and we love chatting oh, with which you. Which he was one of the best so far. One of far. the best. One God. of the best. You know. Listen to that voice, man. I know. I thought I had listen, a good Listen to the about. sound of my, my head inflating as you tell me these <laughs> things. My God, I'm going to fly around the room in a minute here. It's, it's oxytocin. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, not oxycontin. It. Oxytocin. <laughs> yes. Um, so, but we, unfortunately, I don't know whether you, you had tuned in, but we were meant to have uh, an interview with uh, John McAfee, but unfortunately, yes. he got a virus, even though he's the antivirus king. Um, yes. And, um, <laughs> and we were going to chat, but, but you're here. So I, I, I'm fascinated. It was a great interview that you had with him. Before we go any further, how can people listen to your interview with him? What do they need to do? Oh, very easily. Just go to thatlarryshow.com, and there's an archive right there of every episode ever on my show. And the McAfee one, it was a two-parter, two segments, two different weeks, and they're only about, you'll have to scroll back two or three weeks, and you'll find it. Great. Thatlarryshow.com. Yes. Yeah, it, it, folks, it is it is definitely worth listening to. But tell Thank me, you. What, what, was, uh, what was that experience like for you, talking with this this legend, this icon. It was fantastic, I gotta say, Dr. Joe, and uh, and the, the weird part of it is, um, you know, I, I really, I, I can remember downloading his, his software to my computers years ago, um, and I had no idea if it was actually, you know, just a trade name. I didn't know there was a guy behind it all. I mean, who does, right? Right. And then, and then a few years back, I saw this totally wild video of him on, on YouTube, uh, surrounded by lascivious women and doing all types of uh, outrageous antics, but he was extremely funny. He was a very entertaining guy. And I thought, God, I'd love to meet this guy sometime. And then suddenly here I am with my, my podcast, and one day I get an email from a listener saying, hey, uh, would you like to interview John McAfee? Like, are you kidding? Of course I would. And so there it happened. <laughs> Wow. And he was the first person you actually interviewed. Yours is a solo podcast, right? Yes, yes. In other incarnations, I interviewed a lot of people, but in my podcast, in 260 episodes, no, I'd never had a single guest. But but how, how do I say no to uh, the last American outlaw? You know, the guy's too fascinating. So let me tell you a little story. So, so Thomas was able to um, connect with, with Mr. McAfee and Janice and get mm -hmm. us scheduled. 
Yes. And I'm thinking same thing, antivirus. I hadn't heard of the internet sensation of, of John McAfee. So I've been consuming as much as I can, starting yes. with Joe Rogan. You know, but uh, his was from like 2016, and I right. listened to a, n a number of interviews and trailers and this and that. And by far, bar none, yours was the best of the class. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. I'm very flattered. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank How you. Was I kind of hit it off with the guy. Yeah. I don't know. I felt a rapport with him. Uh, I don't, you know, he's uh, not your typical, <laughs> he's not the kind of guy I run into at the supermarket or the gas station, that's for sure, or the office. But uh, he's, he's a lot of fun. It's very easy to, to, to speak with, you know, and, and kind of, he's a really a world-class raconteur. He doesn't take a lot of, of, uh, of prodding to uh, get him to, uh, to speak. John likes to talk. Right. And he's interesting. So. He's super interesting and brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. And what I found most fascinating about him, listening to all of the different interviews, is when he tells these stories, I mean, he's, he's yeah. concise. I mean, he uses the English language very well. He's very purposeful. He but never have I heard any stray of any part of any one story. They're always spot on exact. Yeah. So you know there's truth when you know we I used to joke with uh, Dr. Joe about when I was first a, a lawyer I was a criminal defense attorney and I used to always tell the clients you know the easiest story to remember is the truth mm -hmm. and, oh, yeah. and he was I mean he he told some of those stories that are they're, they're so outlandish you're like what no way did sure. that possibly happen and 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 there it is that's true. The old adage, what is it? If you tell the truth, you never have to remember a thing. Right. That's right. That's, right. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's absolutely And as an attorney, uh, I, I remember hearing another great one from an attorney I knew years, years ago. He'd, he'd been a prosecutor, and uh, he said he always wanted to write a book called Defendants Say the Darndest Things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And he had a bunch. Yeah. That's funny. So how have you been since the, since the interview? Did it help... Uh, Spike oh, your show. A, oh yeah, I got a big bounce in uh, in downloads and a lot of new uh, people turned on to my show and it's just wonderful. John was really nice. Of, you know, not too long afterwards, he tweeted it out and he is, you know, uh, well over a million followers. So it was a it was a terrific uh, it was a terrific boost for me. Nice. It's very very kind. I mean, the guy couldn't have been any nicer. Okay, right. You know, usually I understand he, he, he his, his interviews are fairly brief, but we spent uh, about an hour together. And uh, he was just great. And, and to think of a here's a guy that really is living, uh, as he said, I said, How's it, how do you like living on the run? And he said, well, not, I'm really not on the run. I'm in hiding. Right. But, but not long thereafter, since, since, just since that interview, he has relocated twice. And that was just a few days before Christmas. So he is kind of on the run yeah. and in hiding. And I don't know how, I mean, the, the dude is 74 years old. And he looks uh, great. He looks fantastic. He's got terrific vitality, and to to live that way, even with his resources, and I guess he's he's fabulously wealthy. That still can't be easy. No. It just can't. No. So, pretty amazing guy. Whereabouts really unknown. Yeah. Whereabouts unknown. Yeah. And you would think you can't hide anymore, but he would be the guy who would know how to do it. I would imagine, right? 
Incredible, yes, because you hear, I mean, when people get uh, tagged and caught is invariably through some type of digital tracking, and they say the only way to circumvent that is to be off the grid. Well, he is anything but off the grid. The guy's tweeting five times a day, videos, I mean, he's doing this, he's doing Zoom, so he, I guess he's really good at what he does, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) he invented it, right? I suppose he did. Yeah, he was the first. He was the pioneer of, uh, of certainly of, of virus protection, and uh, I guess you got to know a lot to, uh, to be, able, be able to do that. So, yeah. and and you know that's that's <clears throat> one thing. And when we chat with him, is to just sort of figure out a bit more about where that came from and how he really got into it. And you know, that's why it's a little disappointing that we didn't get a chance to chat with him today so that the three of us and four of us at Tomazon could could really explore this but yeah. i'm just going to tap into your knowledge and and i think it's experience. better i think we're just getting more research to be have that interview be that much better <laughs> well that's you know? that's true that is and true. it's going to be great it's going to be great especially when we start talking about the im and the domains sure right. sure right. i'm going to be very interested uh, to hear what he thinks about that, because he certainly seems to have run up against a lot of people who were not respectful to him oh, yeah. uh, and have not been treating him uh, in a way that that allows you to to remember your value. And yet there he is, still standing, doing all these things and still pe- speaking and his mind. Speaking his mind. Yeah. You know. So um, it's oh, yeah. pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. Pretty remarkable. That is remarkable. Um, you know, I spoke to John. I mean, people, I, mean, he, he, I, I asked him, I mean, he's worn so many hats in his life. He's been a tech titan, a centimillionaire, and now, in, of course, an outlaw. He is for, for several years now. He's been on the run. Um, and I just kind of wanted to get a sense of who he is rather than what everybody else wants right. to ask him, which is which cryptocurrency right. should I buy? Or right. how do I secure my, you know, how do I secure my, my device from, from uh, spying eyes and so forth? Right. And the guy was great. He was really forthcoming. Uh, he, he wanted to talk a lot. He, he went way back in his childhood. And he's a very, very interesting man. Mm-hmm. He really is. Yeah. And he has lived any. He's lived enough lives for you know any five guys. He really has. Right. But it also says a, a lot about you, Larry, that that you're able to draw this out of of a person. I mean, what? How? How have you decided not to do interviews on the podcast? Very easily. I just. I had. I'm such a windbag, Doctor Joe. I just <laughs> couldn't stop talking myself. There was no room for anybody else. And I just. And I guess I sort of ran out a little bit of air. And John was at the right place at the right time. But yeah. I, no. Really. I'll tell you why. It's probably mostly logistics. And I'm sure you know this. I mean, you do uh, a lot of radio. I'm sure you have a ton of guests, and they don't always show up, right? Mm-hmm. And that's. And and it's pretty. It's pretty frustrating. It's nerve wracking. You know. I've been on the. On the terrestrial side of radio, I know how that goes, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to swing by my own tail and uh, and at least cut that that element of stress out of my show, and so that was really the real reason that I that I began doing it just as a solo act because I thought it might make it a little bit easier, <laughs> mm. <laughs> having to book it, book people and then have backups ready and try to figure out what to say if if they don't show, you yeah. know. You're, you're uh, well over 200 episodes, right? Approaching oh, 300 yeah. episodes. Um, Closer to three than two, yes. Right on, on, on yes. Larry. How do you decide what to explore? 
Wow, that's a great question. Sometimes uh, it's a struggle um, because I really don't get too topical. I never get overtly political uh, in the show, so that, that takes a, a ton of material off the table to exploit. <laughs> I don't have guests, uh, you know, so that's, that's also a, a deficit to deal with. Um, basically, I just sort of, uh, you know, I've always been a writer, and uh, I've been fortunate <laughs> All those 270 episodes, something has popped into my head, um, you know, before showtime, and I can lay down a half-hour show and get it done. So a lot of it is, is, is drawing on experiences of my own life, from my childhood, from, you know, anything that I'm doing. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm a keen observer, I'd probably say that. Um, so I sort of take notes. Everything I look at uh, is material, everything. So I might talk about, uh, you know, an experience at the supermarket. I might talk about uh, anything whatsoever. You know, we took a, with my family uh, a couple of weeks ago. We went up into the, into the high desert uh, north and, and east of Los Angeles, what I like to call Manson country. And, wow, what a, what a different kind of place that was. So I wrapped the show around that. Hmm. Um, that's kind of the way I do it. And your latest uh, show, Love in the Age of, the, of Coronavirus? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Give us a preview of that one. What's going on with that one? That's you know what it is. It's um, it's funny, guys. I think that um, you know, and I say it in the episode um, after scandal of um, crisis and catastrophe is is uh, the, the general media's uh, favorite food, and you know, I, I would hope this does not expand into a pandemic but we've kind of seen this movie before mm. in the not too distant past have we not yeah. i mean it was only what four or five years ago when people were you know starting to stock up on masks and so forth for ebola uh, people were terrified of that um i mean you guys live in the snow corridor uh, i'm sure every snow flurry according to the the weatherman is is a, is a, is a developing blizzard mm -hmm. right um i know that uh, you know down in the, in the in the south of you Every tropical storm has the potential to, to be the hurricane of the century, right. you know. So, so crisis is the lingua franca of, uh, of, of the media these days. And I just think the thing is kind of overblown. So I get into it a little bit uh, uh, about the whole coronavirus situation and how it may just be you know, hideously exaggerated. I hope, I certainly hope it is. Right. Uh, past performance would indicate that it is. Uh, and then I was downshifted from there into uh, into advising uh, one of my listeners about some uh, some some hurdles he was trying to get over in his mid twenties, uh, and I hope I did him some good as well. So it's a it's a it's a melange of, of anything. Could be stories, could be current, like like I said, like the uh, the coronavirus situation, or it could just be you know my sage counsel, as right. I call it, to some of my younger listeners. Yeah, uh, you know, and it's certainly true, right? The the news adage, right? If it bleeds, it leads. I mean, that's, that's yeah. one of the things that they say. And the Ebola, yes. I mean, certainly the countries where Ebola was, it was a devastating, horrible, it was. horrible disease. Horrible. But here in the States, there was a joke going around. Um, did you hear about the joke about Ebola? Oh, don't worry, you won't, you won't get it. So okay. um, <laughs> that was, you know, it's terrible, <laughs> terrible. Not, not if you're in a country where it's there, but, no. you know, but here, uh, probably no. not. So how are the viewers reaching out to you and asking you these questions? I know you've said um, a couple of times, you know, you have the the number one, how do I date a girl, right? And then number two, yeah, is, it's, how do I... It's 
It's primarily through email. That's usually where they contact me, or sometimes on Twitter, and sometimes on Facebook. I have a presence uh, on all of them. Uh, but mostly I get emails, and, um, you know, that's the most common – something I discussed with, with uh, McAfee, which was he found very interesting as well, is there's, after a while you get sort of a theme. You realize what people are really struggling with in their lives. And two of the most common questions I get from my listeners are – not how do I find someone to have sex with, but how do I find a girlfriend? Mm. Big difference. Yeah. Big, big difference. And it kind of, and it, it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, what, what, how would I say? It's heartening. You know, it's like, wow, I'm, I'm kind of shocked right. by that. Society's this, this time, okay. Right? It, it's a great thing. And the other thing is, how do I get out of the job I hate, the career that I, that right. I loathe? Okay, that's a very, very common one. And I put both those questions to McAfee, and he had some fascinating answers for, uh, for me. Um, so that's, that's how they reach out to me. And, yeah, I get other questions. You know, people are, you know, they've got a boss that's down on, at, at work. Or maybe they think their wife is cheating on them. I mean, it's a. I mean, my God, you're a you're a psychologist. You know, you've heard worse, it all. worse, uh, worse. <laughs> I'm a psychiatrist. It's much worse than he, get, he gets mad at the psychologist. I made that mistake a couple of times, Larry. I don't get mad. I you don't, a little bit. I, I, Who got mad? I don't no, what? Get Did mad. I mislabel you? Are you a psychiatrist? Not a psychiatrist. I was sometimes confused. I am a psychiatrist. I totally used to. You're psychiatrist. Excuse me. I'm yeah, sorry. A, you're a psychiatrist. MD. I'll just MD. call you shrink for short. How's yeah, that? That's even better. You know, and and when we talk this is our shrink wrap so um <laughs> i like that shrink wrap that's a good name for a podcast yeah, i like that yeah i think somebody's probably using it uh, well, my, my, yeah, my, my my friend uh gene barrest who's he was my, my training director incredible child psychiatrist had a band uh they called it pink freud that oh, great? that's good. I think that's a good one. Pink Freud. I Gina, like you're out that. There, I hope things are great. So, uh, I like that. So, but you've, you've also, in your career, I mean, you've written, how many books have you written? Uh, about five. Yeah. Uh, um, and we, we got a chance to talk about Mac Daddy before. And what, yes. about, what about your other books? I mean, what's going on with them? I'll never, what was the one? I'll never have sex with you again? Yes, that was the uh, that was kind of the springboard to Mac Daddy. That that came out. I uh, wrote that uh, uh, with my wife, and um, because that sort of took off nicely, then somebody said, "Hey, why don't you do a sort of a I couldn't say a sequel, but a follow up to it, um, specifically on, on on being a dad." And I and it was it was a really um, I thought it was a great uh, premise because I think fathers get such a raw deal yeah. from the media. Media, from Hollywood, um, it's really terrible what they do to us, you know, <laughs> and very little of it is deserved. So um, that's why I wrote the book. It was kind of a primer or handbook to dealing with kids from birth to maybe school age, but it was also an answer to the, the constant bashing that fathers get, uh, primarily in the media and from, from television and movies. And... You know, we, we we were talking about that the last time we had you on the show a little bit, but but what's your take on why? How did that culture really evolve that that dads were getting bashed like that? What's your take on that? I'm I'm not sure. One possibility is the denizens of Hollywood. Um, it's kind of an odd industry, unlike any other. To become a psychiatrist, you have to spend a hell of a lot of time in school. Okay, take a I'm sure, I'm sure batteries and batteries of tests and go beyond you know peer review boards and whatever. I mean, it wasn't easy to get to do what you do. 
okay? Hollywood, just, hey, somebody shows up and says, I'm a director, I'm a producer, I'm whatever. Well, you are. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's no, uh, there's no uh, screening process. So it tends to draw a, a lot of people who are not terribly grounded, who maybe have uh, uh, some uh, checkered pasts, and many of them uh, are very resentful of, uh, of their fathers or the fact that they didn't have fathers. And I, I think they have probably an inordinate influence on the type of material that is written and produced. And, 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 and they, of course, they put their own you know, vibe into it, and usually it's dad is a, a yo-yo. You know, mom. I mean, think of your average sitcom. Mom is always hip, slick, and cool, and making the money, and dad's a, you know, a, a, a slob on the couch watching ball games and drinking beer mm-hmm. most of the time, right? And we think we're all dads here. Mark, what do what do you think? I, I've always been fascinated by the. I, I, re, I refer to it as the '80s sitcom dad. You know, it's like mm-hmm. womp womp, dad again. You yeah. Know? And uh, yeah. and I never really understood it because no. I didn't know any dads like that. Quite. I truthfully. didn't either. <laughs> I didn't. I don't know any dads like that. No. Right. No. Where do they get those guys? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So I never realized why it was happening, but it, it made for good fodder, and people laughed. And good but fodder. But, yeah. Did you say good, good fodder? fodder. But at the uh but at the same token, I think it did kind of, you know, neuter men a little bit in a in a oh, sense yeah. that it, it the T V the perception became reality a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. Do we yeah. know if if uh, Mr. Maccabee has kids? He, he has oh, you be, I'll, I'll give you guys a caveat. I don't know if you want to go there because I did actually want to go there with John. Um, you know, as I said before, some people have called me America's dad. I think that's a hell yeah. of an exaggeration. However, in researching John, he claims to have fathered 47 children. Ooh. And I said, John, if that's the case, then you are America's dad by <laughs> far. I only have two. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. Wow. But uh, he said he quickly sort of downshifted and said, you know what, uh, I have a lot of kids, but I'm a I'm really terrible father, and I didn't want to go there. You know, yeah. it's not it wasn't the direction I wanted to go, so I just kind of let, let left that as it was, and we moved on to something else. Was there so, uh, was there any question that you did want to ask that you you didn't have a chance to, or you thought about afterward, thinking, oh, I wish I had just asked that? Wait, wait, are you you're trying to to, to get some well, some might, intel? Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, it's yeah, a great show, and we could I well, mean we could help true. one another, right? Absolutely. Larry wanted to ask. He <laughs> right, thought about right. it after the show. Uh, what great. is it? Yeah, Larry. What, 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 what about actually, that? Was there something I, would have asked? I, I did want to ask him which cryptocurrency to buy, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, hasn't he created? Hasn't he? Hasn't he created one? He, oh, he's created them, sure, yeah, and he's he's fronted for them. And I mean, John's such a character. I mean, he claimed, uh, I guess it was at least a year and a half, if not two years yeah. ago, that if Bitcoin did not reach one million dollars per co- per token by the end of this year, he would do something really <laughs> you know, almost impossible with his own anatomy. Yeah. And uh, he's kind of walking that back now. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't know. I really, you know, I don't follow that stuff much. Um, it's it's fun to look at it, you know. <laughs> Did he say that? Did he say that with Dick Matson? Is that where he said it initially? Uh, no, that, yeah, that was to his just general. I mean, he's been saying that uh, long before oh, he started okay. uh, doing uh, interviews. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> That'll be yeah. a trouble for him. Um, yeah. Now, are you are you a re, uh, a regular on that Dick show? 
No, 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 okay. no. I, uh, Dick and I, we got to know each other because we had the same editor got for uh, books that we did. And it was actually the editor that sort of uh, connected us uh, many years ago. And then when Dick started his podcast, he asked me to, to, to come on because he does do guest constantly. And sure, I said, sure. And I've, I've guested on his, his show probably half a dozen times. It. It's always fun. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. I wouldn't call myself a regular. No. Got it. Got it. Yeah, there's a whole uh, niche marketplace on the Internet that most people aren't even aware of. Oh, it's it's crazy. I mean, there are layers and layers and circles within circles yeah. and ecosystems, and sometimes there's some crossover. It's really fascinating how yeah. it's developed. It really is. And what would you what, where where would you say your demographic lay mostly? That's a great question. Um, it's probably I would say my listeners are overwhelmingly male yeah and i would say they would tend to run from mid 20s to uh late 40s that's that's about the, the i'd say that's the bubble. Well, that's a challenging yeah. demographic for advertisers to get to yes yes but i don't have advertisers mine okay. is, is listeners support uh, supported oh it's yeah, that's right patreon. you do patreon and how do is patreon. that how's that it's going it's great it's great. It, it, it's it's very and, and interestingly, it's kind of um, I think for uh, for I guess Gen Y and and uh, millennials and now Gen Z, they're very sort of open to it. Whereas I'd say that uh, Gen X and and Boomers, it's kind of a little bit alien to them. Right. So uh, they're so is they're the totally internet down with the idea of that. Uh, can you tell yeah. us a bit about Patreon? What is this? Patreon, I guess, is it goes back several years, and some you know smart guy figured out that gee, there's all these all these people online are doing all type of creative endeavors, and uh, they probably like to make it profitable, and so he created this this website portal uh, whereby. Um, you you list your whatever you're doing. There's guys on Patreon that are that are podcasters like me. There's a ton of those. There are videographers. There are fine artists. Guys doing oil paintings and sculpture. And I mean, you name it. What, what, it's, there's almost no limit to it. What what they're doing. And then um, it's a it's, it makes it easy for uh, listeners or fans of whatever they're doing to contribute and support their efforts. So it's as simple as like a PayPal or a Venmo or any of these apps. Uh, you just list yourself there. You make it be known to your uh, whoever your audience is that that's who you are. And if they want to, they can, with a couple of clicks, um, become sponsors of you. Hmm. So it's like a community support. Community support, yes. And Patreon takes, I think, a 5% cut. And they're getting pretty rich pretty fast because, yeah. wow, it just keeps growing and growing. Yeah. So well, any artists, comedians, uh, musicians, anybody. anyone? Yeah, yeah, and some people who are you know pretty enormous, even in, even in uh, the um, you know which would considered mainstream uh, types are have, now have Patreons. It's 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 a kind of alarming <laughs> how fast it has grown. Yeah, but it makes sense. It makes sense if oh, it does is not necessarily interested in the corporate advertising and sponsors or. I mean, 
or they're sure. not I mean, who could, it. who could do it? I mean, you, I mean, I would imagine you have a sales staff at your station there that that uh, that deals with sponsors for you. I mean, it would be an, an, an immense uh, undertaking, I think, to to find those on your own. I mean, some guys do do it, I know, but wow, it's a lot of work. Right. Um, so, yeah, no, we've been sort of very fortunate that WATD has, has completely taken that over. They haven't asked us yeah. to do any of That's that. That's great. At all, but, but, but the Patreon's kind of like a, a PBS, right? So there's a almost like a telethon. If you want me to keep giving you this good stuff, you got to help support, right? You yes. Gotta, the community, the public has to help me here. Exactly. So how does it work? Do you hold back certain uh, material? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, m most of what I do is anybody can get to, but then every uh, month or so I will do a bonus episode, um, which is a little bit more, usually a little more personal, maybe a little more contentious, uh, and that's only available to Patreons. And then those that uh, you know are seeking my help or advice, um, they're, they're the door, my door is open as well to them through Patreon. And a lot of people say, "Hey, let's just keep this between us." And so I answer their their uh, their questions via email. But a lot of them are really. It's amazing how often my listeners will say, hey, you know what, uh, go ahead, wrap a show around this, do it, because, you know, hopefully other people that are facing yeah. the same dilemma I am might be helped by this. It's really, I, I always tell my audience, I have the coolest audience, and I do. They're really a wonderful group of people. But, but you've also cultivated this right. over the years. You, you, you know, you, uh, do you feel that you, you have a brand now? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean, the the, the, the it started out. Um, it's if I created this chimerical place where the sh from which the show emanates, and it's called the TNS Dojo, and it's the take no, and you can fill in the S for yourself. Yeah, rhymes uh, with hit. Uh, Exactly, and, with an and so and so basically, what it, how that started was, you know, a lot of people, all of us, at some point in our lives, we find ourselves uh, being backed into a corner or manipulated in some in some fashion. And you know, Doc, I mean, that's that's a ticket to cancer of the soul and mm -hmm. coronary episodes and alcoholism and so so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And so so many of us allow ourselves to be taken advantage of, whether it's at work at home by a spouse whatever it's 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 so common and so that's if my show has a mission that's what it is and everything sort of emanates from that from that point you know so is it a matter of, of being self-aware of what's happening or is it more of a way to react back to what's happening it's a, it's a matter of being self-aware, of realizing, of, of keeping your radar well-tuned. And so the, and at the, at the first sign of it, um, that you feel you're being taken advantage of in any way, um, you simply must um, put your foot down and refuse to allow that to continue. And that's because the, the more, as you know, the more it goes on, the, the more they will heap on you, right. for sure. So uh, that sort of, I found that has really resonated um, with my audience. And it's not like I'm some, you know, a, a pugilist or something myself, but it's just that I've, you know, I've been around a while and I've found myself in any number of situations. And I can look back at times when I did not react the way I should have. And what was me because of that? So... And then the but, stories, the stories that come in, obviously you can empathize with and, and understand, course. and then of share. Right. Yeah, it is a great audience. It's a great sharing, vulnerable, 
and, and special thing that you're doing for people. Well, I get a I get a tremendous amount. You know, I've done you know, like I haven't worn as many hats as McAfee, Doctor Joe, but quite a few. And uh, I find this more fulfilling than anything I've ever yeah. done. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because I really you're, do. you're helping other people. It's a service. I try to. I really do. It's a service. I try to. And and that was the moment where we really heard John McAfee just burst into a wonderful laughter when you. You gave him this compliment about mm-hmm. where he was uh, as a, how did you how did you describe it in terms of his black belt and yeah, I mean, after listening to him and knowing something about him, I said, you know, clearly you are, you know, a 10th degree black belt in the art of not taking right. this, yeah. you know, and he, he found that he found that uh, complimentary, which he should, because it was, and, and he, he is. did, and he was just laughing. I mean, you could yeah. hear this, yeah. this guttural <laughs> belly laugh that was absolutely <laughs> yeah. spontaneous. It just struck it him, and I think... That, for me, in your interview with him, that was a moment that, you know, that really resonated, that there was something that you connected with in him that he just so enjoyed. And it it was a wonderful window into this man that has been, you know, such a mystery to so many people. And and it yeah. really, I mean, Larry, you you brought out this this human part of him mm. with that. This because laughter is such a powerful emotion, and we we, 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 we did a, a show on on humor and laughter. You know why why do people laugh at all? And I'm actually going to be um, on a panel up in Upper State New York talking about humor and what it oh, is. Nice. But that moment, that was fantastic. And and he laughs, and there's a pause. And then he laughs again. Yeah. Because, because I know. He, he went did. back for a second lap around the pool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was very gratifying. And, uh, you know, you can see the guy, I mean, who doesn't get through uh, that number of decades without some bumps and bruises and right. scar tissue? Clearly, he does. But he seems very much at peace with himself and and his his wife. You know, she's a wonderful, you can just tell Janice is a sweetheart. Right. Yeah. And uh, the, he's, he's in a good place, I think. And I asked him what makes him happy. And he said being by the side of his wife, which is a pretty cool answer for anybody to have at any age. Yeah, it's, it certainly is. And, I, I mean, I'm, I feel very blessed that way, uh, not not with John McAfee's wife, but being next to... <laughs> 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 hey, you got him. <laughs> next to... <laughs> right, I, got got, I got Larry. Yeah. <laughs> you got me. It feels so good, and it feels mind. good to just witness it, right? You know? That's the oxytocin. Oh, yeah. It really is. Yeah. It's oxytocin. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's so important that we can take pleasure from other people's yeah. humor. We can mm. take pleasure from other people's sure. pleasure. We don't have to take their pleasure right. to have pleasure. And, you know, I think that's, that's so part true. of, you know... The, the you know the dojo you know the TNS dojo it, it's it's important and and yet you know from the I am approach what we try to say is you know if the best somebody can do is try to put you down what's going on with them right what's right. going on with them what is know? going on with That's them the great point so you know yeah. we're almost at time we have two things we ask all our guests and I'm going to ask you again small okay. changes have big effects what small change can you recommend to our listening audience from the dojo I would say if you're experiencing 
sort of something that's negative in some part of your life again whether it's with your family with your with your your place of employment maybe at school uh, if if somebody is 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 troubling you belittling you um just make a small just resolve to yourself to say hey i'm not going to take this you don't have to be a maniac you don't have to be violent you don't even have to raise your voice but you do have to speak up for yourself if you feel you're being taken advantage of and, and that's not a big change it's pretty easy really if you do it and it comes it gets easier with practice yeah. yeah, it's great. And then the second rule is you control no one, you influence everyone. Larry, what kind of influence are you hoping to be? Because you get to choose. I'm just hoping to be an influence to uh, to help people have a better time in life and laugh like McAfee did. That's really all. That's it. You know? Great, laugh great like mission. McAfee. Love That's it. That's a great mission. Yeah. Larry. Hey, Larry, thanks yeah. so much for coming on the show. Again, Thank you, Dr. Larry Joe. Show, Always a pleasure. Listen to it. It is great. Um, and we, we we want to have you back again. Yeah, I hope it's okay so. with you. Anytime. Such a pleasure. All well, right. Thank you, too. Thank see you, Larry. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.